What's up, everyone, and welcome to Raise the Geek, your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies, TV, comics, and gaming. This week, let's talk Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We're going to do a deep dive of the movie, including our reactions and speculation. In case you didn't know by we, I mean Chris. And uh, let's go... And we are back. Welcome, everyone, to the 55th episode of Raised a Geek. I'm Chris. I'm here with my buddy, Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? I'm doing okay. As usual, can't complain. Nothing too crazy. Just uh, enjoying the evening, as usual. Ready to talk some Doctor Strange and all the uh, other good nerd stuff with you. Did some uh, adult stuff this weekend. Helped my sister um, out with my young three-year-old nephew who probably knows as many superheroes as we do. It's just hilarious to go over to that kid's house and see how many toys he has and he like knows people, knows characters like that. Me or you at three would have never known who it is. I'd be I point at his toys. I'm just like, who's that? <laughs> He's like, oh, Dr. Octopus. Like what? <laughs> How do, you, how do you know who Venom is and Dr. Octopus? And he's like, Silver Surfer. Like, Dude, you're three. Well, that, that's, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, then today, uh, you know, had every, what every responsible homeowner has to do, you got to get in there and clean out the garage one day after four years of letting the filth build up. So that's how I spent my, uh, my Sunday day. But I don't know. I'm okay. How are you? How are ah, you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, had a wedding I went to yesterday. It was a 1920s theme. So we got to dress all up and gangster wear and stuff from the 1920s, which was cool. Then it was crazy because we had this, it was, the wedding was just at my friend's house. So it was in her backyard. So mm. they had this like jazz band set up and stuff. It was really nice. But then they didn't have enough parking for everyone. So they were like, oh, we're going to hire a shuttle service. So the hotel everyone's staying at, we're just going to have the shuttle pick up there and take, take you the, you know, the five miles to our house. So we parked at the hotel and got on the shuttle. And while we're driving out there, the shuttle has like no AC and it's this little dude driving on the front. And he's just like, where am I going and what's going on? And he was just a mess. And no I GPS. felt like he was driving in the middle of the road. He just was all over the place. And I was like, that was a hell of a, a shuttle ride there. And then of course we had to take the shuttle back at the end of the night. So shuttle fills up with the first round of people after the wedding and we're riding. And this dude, is just driving so slow. He wouldn't go faster than like 25. But then when we actually got to the highway where speed limits like 65, this dude, if he could hit 40, I'd be surprised. He backed up on this one-way highway. So many people that when it finally opened up, all these trucks came flying past us, wailing on their horn because they're like, and we're sitting there like, I don't know what's going on with this dude. He was just driving so slow. And then he had to go do this turnaround to get to the hotel. And when he did, he did it super, super slow. And then he kind of took it so wide that we were on the shoulder. And then he just never got off the shoulder. We're just driving on the shoulder. I'm like, dude, we're not even on the road. And all of a sudden you saw the red and blue lights. And uh, yeah, we were getting pulled over. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we got pulled over in a shuttle. Like I never did that before. And then so we pulled up to the road right in front of like not in front of the hotel but like you could see the hotel like we were almost there and he pulls over and we're like dude just bring us all the way to the hotel and then deal with the cops so then the cop comes over and he's like hey you know why i pulled you over and the guy's like no 
And he's like, you didn't use a turn signal. Your registration is expired like this. He just starts like labeling things. You didn't look like you knew what you were doing. And he's like, can you have a license? He's like, yeah, yeah. He was like, can I see it? And he hands, I don't know what this dude hands this cop, but all of a sudden this cop goes, this isn't a license. <laughs> so I don't know what he tried to give this cop. Then people on the bus, cause everyone's been drinking and stuff. So it's like the end of the night, like I'm not being held hostage. So everyone just starts getting off the bus, like in the middle of the road and starts walking to the hotel. So we get off and the cops like, well, I mean, do you want to go? You guys want to ride? And everyone's like, it's too late. We're off the bus. So all these people just start marching up the road. The cop lost control of the whole situation. You could hear the panic in his voice as he's watching all these people get off this bus, start wandering. It was crazy. And the dude never went back. I texted my friend and said, hey, the shuttle ever come back for the second group? Nope. They had to just take whoever had cars there and shuttle people individually because the dude wasn't allowed to come back. That's a hell of an experience you had there, buddy. It was a crazy, crazy night. But see, there there comes a point and there comes a point where a speed on a highway like too slow is almost more dangerous than too fast. Yeah. Like if you if you are clogging up traffic to that point of, you know, speed yeah. where it's 40 miles an hour on the expressway, you shouldn't be driving. That guy shouldn't be driving. He should probably lose his job. I don't like to advocate for anybody to lose their job at anything. But yeah, that guy doesn't sound like he's a uh, fit to be a professional driver yeah and it's it's okay you know we we all can't do everything so i mean he can't <laughs> he couldn't really drive so driving should not be his profession there's got to be something else that he could uh he could do so hopefully he finds it <laughs> i'm glad you made it out to tell the tale but yes and then i was able to make it home in time for us to go fight godzilla and king kong in Warzone till three in the morning so we did Arr! <laughs> I don't know what that that was like my god that was like my Godzilla noise. I don't know what that was supposed to be. <laughs> he looks at me for about a straight second after that. What was that noise? <laughs> I don't know. It sounded like a goose. That was my Godzilla call. I like it. I like it. See, yeah. Godzilla call. Now you know what Godzilla sounds like. Godzilla roar. I don't know something. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, that is good. But we want to thank everyone for coming back for another episode of Raise the Geek. We got a lot to talk about today. But first, we got to knock out a little bit of business. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna break me. I don't even know how I'm gonna edit this thing. <laughs> We're all right. I just keep thinking about it. All right, we're gonna keep moving. <laughs> you gotta stop. I gotta. I gotta do the business here, man. All right. Yeah. Make sure. See, you don't want to miss any of this. So you gotta make sure to like, subscribe, and follow this podcast and all podcasts and social media services. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up on Twitter at Raise the Geek or shoot us an email at raisethegeek at gmail.com. We are always looking for that participation from you all. We want to thank you all. Make sure you're hitting us up with those reviews as well. Those five-star reviews help us out a lot. So this week, we got a new trailer. We've talked about it before on this show, but we got a new trailer for the Resident Evil Netflix show coming out, I think, July 15th, I think, is the release date. Is that what it said on that trailer? July is true. Date specific, I'm not sure, but I know it's July. Netflix July. Netflix July. So the Resident Evil TV series 2022 is about the Wesker kids. And uh, it's nearly three decades after the discovery of the T-virus and an outbreak reveals the Umbrella Corporation's dark secrets. It's based on the horror franchise, but it is definitely not trying to adapt the horror franchise that is Resident Evil. <laughs> 
no no and you can get that from even just the beginnings of this trailer like it's called new raccoon city in 2022 so this yeah seems just like loosely based on the video game lore and whatever um i don't know there's not much you can get from this trailer i think it's only about a minute 15 or minute 17 something so just a lot of quick shots and pretty much what you come to expect from uh resident evil adaptation and kind of I don't know if this is good or bad, but just all look, they all kind of look the same. You know what I mean? In a way, uh, yeah. this just looks like more of that, except it's on Netflix and it's a show. So I'm not going to say I'm super excited for this. I still haven't seen the uh, Welcome to Raccoon City recent movie, Netflix mm-hmm. movie they did last year. Um, I don't know, man. I don't I, when these two projects were announced. I was always kind of confused at the closeness proximity of them. Right. And being like, why are you making a movie and a, and a live action show that aren't related to each other? It just seems like nonsensical, like either go all in on a show or go all in on a movie franchise. Like, what is this? Two different things happening at once. Yeah. Two, Um, two different creative teams putting something out so close together. And yeah, I mean, how many people are going to think this is a continuation of that movie? How many people aren't going to know, you know, I mean, it's just, and on, and, on top, and on top of that, we had we had a show last year about another Netflix property that was on Netflix, like the CGI show they had. So, like, that's another one you can throw into the mix. Uh, so, I don't know, man. I'm not super, super hyped for this. It doesn't really do anything for me, that trailer. Um, I don't know. What do you think? No, I'm the same. I mean, I was always kind of iffy about it, you know, just being about the the Wesker kids made it to me seem like it was going to be like CW type drama show. Um, right. And I'm still not convinced that it's not going to be like that, you know? So it's just, I feel like it's just not going to be for me. Yes. I, like I agree. Reddick casting him as Wesker is cool. I'm fine with that, but him just running experiments on his daughters and them becoming zombie warriors and i don't know i'm sorry i don't i've never played a resident evil game where i did karate on zombies right it's like kind of out of place for the universe it just doesn't fit that can be all well and good somewhere else but like that's not resident evil to me yeah so i mean i love resident evil but i find it harder and harder to get excited about these just adaptations loosely loosely based adaptations i did enjoy i was telling you before we started recording i mean i enjoyed welcome to raccoon city and after watching this trailer i do think that that's going to be the closest we'll ever get to an actual adaptation of those games you know like Uh they actually had moments from the games in it you know like they at least look like they tried it wasn't the best it was a b horror movie but resident evil was a b horror i mean that's what it was based off of you know so yeah you can't knock it and i don't know how serious of an adaptation you could really want when you're looking when you're when you really look like really look at the source material i mean it's goofy right and you know that's kind of like how all the resident evil movies have been i just have i've never loved a resident evil adaptation and I can even go deeper and be like, I've never truly loved a video game adaptation. I don't know why it's so hard to make, make those good. And this just seems like another one that is going to kind of fall short, but you know what? It's going to be on Netflix. I'm not going to have to pay extra for it. Uh, So I'm sure we'll, we'll probably give it its due and give it a watch and see what, see what it's like. But you know, at least the first episode. Yeah. I have very tempered expectations at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of tempered expectations about TV, 
Um, we wanted to give a quick eulogy and uh, mm. in memoriam of the DC on the CW, because in the last couple of weeks, I mean, that roster of DC shows the Arrowverse as it became mm. known is pretty much been gutted. <laughs> yes. I will remember you to play, play the eulogy at the funeral of the, uh, the WB universe. Man, exactly. what, what happened? What happened to the the Arrowverse is what I, they were calling it for a while. It was, you know, for a while it was pretty popular and a lot of people liked it. Arrow, Flash, you threw in Legends of Tomorrow and and a bunch of others. I'm probably forgetting Supergirl and and all those shows. Even, you know, later days, people like Batwoman were excited about that when it first started the first season. But now that's gone after two years and, and Naomi's canceled after one season and uh, Legends of Tomorrow is gone. So really, it feels like the only ones left are what? Um, Superman and Lois mm-hmm. and Flash. Flash right? has one more season. They're going to give them one more season to finish their series. And then Legends of Tomorrow had a cliffhanger that's never going to be rectified. Right. Um, yeah, Superman and Lois seems to be doing its thing. Um, but outside of that, I, and I don't think that one was really... Well, no, that one was still tied in because it was the same Superman with right. that Supergirl, From, and he was on those shows as well. So, yeah. And I don't, I'm not sure on the status of Black Lightning, if that's still on the air or not. But, um, yeah, dude, a quick, a, a big tumble for that entire universe. It, like yeah, it was just all of a sudden, and he figured he thought it would get a little bit i mean i watched a lot of it i mean watch i watched all of arrow i watched all of flash up until pretty much arrow pretty much once arrow went off the air i kind of stopped watching all of them but mm-hmm. while arrow was still on i was watching what all of them so i watched different i watched a bunch of seasons of the flash i watched the first few seasons of legends of tomorrow um and then i didn't i never jumped into batgirl basically anything that got greenlit after arrow was already done i'd never didn't even try yeah i'm I'm even less than you like i i did try the um arrow and i liked the first season but then just something about it just didn't keep me there yeah much yeah. beyond that um i did watch the premiere of superman and lois just because i'd i'd heard such good things like people seem to really like it and that show seemed good i just didn't keep tuning in so maybe that's one i catch one day in the future but just something about like I'm not trying to offend anybody out there who who loves the Arrowverse, but just something about the whole universe seems like fraudulent and mm-hmm. like fake to me. Like it doesn't matter to anything, and maybe that's just the disconnect between the shows and like their movie universe and how it's all just so weird and none of it really matters to each other. Mm-hmm. I just I just never was inclined to make that like a watching destination you know the arrowverse so i don't know not a big loss for me no you know for all for fans out there of that franchise i'm sure this is a sad time for you guys and it sucks that it's going away but hey man that's just how it crumbles sometimes yeah i think they i think they just got too carried away and i think they tried to do too much it just became way too overwhelmed you know they used to do those couple crossovers with a couple characters and then it turned into like all right we got these crossover mini series events and there's six episodes across six different shows and i'm just like i can't keep up with six shows worth of <laughs> information to try to tie yeah. it all together right 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 so just became overwhelming so it does it does suck and it is the end of an era you know really was kind of the start of superheroes on tv um again you know we had it obviously when we were kids and you had the incredible hulk in the 70s and batman in the 60s and stuff and the even the flash 
and even way they tied some of that stuff in the uh, was the flash in the 90s the flash it tv was. show yeah um so Dawson's this dead. was the 2000s version of superheroes on tv so pretty much yeah like it predated mcu disney plus and i think it even predated netflix marvel mm-hmm. and it was kind of like the way back into superhero tv world yeah so, and now it's gone that it is that it is <laughs> so flash has got one more season lois for superman or superman and lois i don't think that's versus each other i don't know what that <laughs> superman <was>. versus lois <laughs> <laughs> fight uh, lois wins are done i think uh we need to talk about dr strange and the multiverse of madness because it's been a week since we're here for we are here for it to finally get our review and our thoughts and so much to talk about so we just want to jump to it but before we do we want to let you know that this episode of raise the geek is sponsored by anchor.fm it is now time to talk about Wanda Maximoff and the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, Dr. Uh, Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, the sequel, the long-awaited sequel to Dr. Strange is here. We've all seen it because don't, don't pretend like you didn't see it. We all went out and saw it. It's made, I think, over $700 million already. Yeah, when don't, when don't these movies make $700 million in a week or two? crazy it's crazy but it's here we've seen it we are going to talk about it uh this version of dr strange is directed by sam raimi it stars uh benedict cumberbatch elizabeth olsen um same cast trying to pull up everyone else what's what's uh oh we got benedict wong in here uh as everyone's favorite sorcerer supreme wong and uh it's quite a mighty list of some cameos, but um, yeah, Rachel McAdams. Mm, oh yes, I how could I forget her? And we had, and then obviously a whole bunch of cameos that we will talk about when we do the deep dive. Spoilers, by the way, for this. Oh movie. yes, if you spoilers. Seen it, <laughs> if spoilers. you haven't seen it yet, complete spoilers. Like you said, the sequel to Doctor Strange from I think 2016. Yeah, it's uh, so time. it's been. It's been a few years. And as you said, Sam Raimi directed this one, not Scott Erickson, who I believe was the director of the first film. I hope I don't have that wrong. I have a mixed bag of thoughts about this movie. Like it's a, it's, it's, and the more I've sat with it, the more I kind of, it is a mixed bag. I, so I'll really say this, that this is a great Sam Raimi movie. I'm not sure if it's a great Marvel MCU movie. It's a good one. Not sure if it's a great one um there's some things that i really take away from it mostly is you know i i truly believe that marvel studios now um truly feels like in this phase they're finally letting their directors shine through with their own styles um and that's kind of been evident ever since you can go all the way back to guardians of the galaxy i'd say when james gunn you could kind of tell his felt a little different yeah, just something about Guardians felt a little different. It had a different kind of humor, a different kind of pacing, um, and everything before that just felt very cookie cutter. You know what I mean? I kind of, uh, I kind of compare it to when you think about comic books, um, when you think about Marvel or DC. There, there's just a house style of art that if you open a book and it looks like their house style, you go like, oh, this looks like a Marvel book. But every now and then comes along like an artist who has like a special style of their own 
who when you open it, you're like, oh, this doesn't look like a Marvel book. And this is really good. This is like really interesting. So that's I feel like that's kind of what they're doing with their movies now, as you know. James Gunn came in and did his thing. And then you had Taika Waititi who took on Thor and he made Thor feel different than the previous Thor movies. And then they went really crazy and like got Chloe Zhao, uh, an Academy Award winning director to do Eternals. And that movie felt way different. So then this movie, they bring in Sam Raimi, who um, if you're a fan of his, you or even if you're not a fan of his, you just know what kind of movies he makes. The the most tame movies he's ever made is probably Spider-Man 1 because that was him following a studio's rules and directives and just being like, well, I'm just happy to be making this blockbuster, but everything else that Sam Raimi has done is just crazy off the wall. You know, evil dead one and two army of darkness, drag me to hell. Um, Just those are just the main examples. Those movies are closer to this than any Marvel movie. Like this, this movie is closer to the evil dead movies and drag me to hell than any Marvel movie we've seen. So it just kind of depends on how you're looking at that. If you like that or you don't, um, I don't know. That's just kind of what I get out of. If we're just talking about the directorial part, do you kind of feel that way too? Or where do you fall on this being a Sam Raimi picture over anything else? You're a hundred percent right. I enjoy, I was enjoy, I enjoyed this movie. I was watching it. I was enjoying the shots, the technical aspects of this film, the fun aspects of this film. I enjoyed it was when I sat back afterwards and thought about what the story was that this movie told. And it just w- had me go, what, what did we talk about? What did we progress on? What did we move forward? What was the point of this movie? Like I had fun watching it, the Sam Raimi of it, pulled it together for me and kept me entertained and it kept me so entertained that I didn't think about what I was actually watching, which it could be a very good thing. You know, I mean, that's the definition Mm -hmm. of a popcorn film. You know, you put it on, you watch it, eat some popcorn, have a good time and you move on with your day. And that's what I felt this movie was. It definitely was. I I'm with you there. Like you, you, you can't say you were bored during this movie. First of all, it was only two hours, which I really appreciate that runtime but there wasn't like a boring part of it. It kind of kept your eyes glued to it. Even if you were kind of raising an eyebrow every now and then it may be some of the lines and the, the script felt a little weak, which sucks to me because it was written by the guy behind Loki. And I liked a lot of the Loki script. So I don't know what the difference is there. Yeah. There was just something, something that felt off with the script a little bit. Uh, but you know, we definitely got the promises of this being a horror movie. They said it's going to be an MCU horror movie. And it was, It was, you know, it had jump scares and everything you'd expect from a Sam Raimi horror film that's still PG-13. You know what I mean? You got you got points in this movie where Wanda's lurching around like a like a demon crawling through mirrors and and like dragging her foot, running all bloody faced at people like she's a movie monster. She's not she's no longer a a superhero or Wanda. She's the Scarlet Witch. Um, So, I mean, in that way, it definitely did deliver. And it's just kind of how you interpret it, like I said, is if you like that or didn't, because it was a big departure from from what we've seen so far in the MCU. Kind of like I could see how this movie would catch some people off guard and be like, what was that? What did I just watch? That's not the Doctor Strange I was expecting. Um, And honestly, it wasn't the Doctor Strange I was expecting. Like Doctor Strange, I'll be honest, Doctor Strange one feels more Doctor Strange to me. Yeah. Um, with the collapsing buildings and like the the um the Christopher Nolan style, you know, what was that movie of his Inception. that was kind of similar? Inception, like the Inception style visuals. That's 
just more fitting in my mind of what I see Dr. Strange going through. This is Sam Raimi's Dr. Strange. <laughs> you know, he made him more, you know, the guy's flying around with a cape made out of demons for God's sake. Um, so it was, it was crazy in that way, but I don't know. A lot of thoughts. So a mixed bag definitely is what I'm saying. Here. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. And like, and then when I sat back and thought about it after the fact, and really kind of talked about it. I know you and I talked about it a little bit last week um, on the show and on and off, you know, recording. I don't know. It was really weird because Dr. Strange was really like a side character in his own movie. Like mm-hmm. this movie really was Wanda. This is her story. This is a follow-up of WandaVision. It's like the made for TV movie of WandaVision to wrap up that series. And that's what this whole thing was about. Dr. Strange had no plot. He had no Mm -hmm. story. There was no progression of his character. Um, You got a little bit at the end with him and Christine, you know, hey, I'll always love you. Um, All versions of me and stuff. But we knew that already. You know, we did a whole what if, you know, episode about him collapsing universes, trying to bring her back to life. So that's all stuff that we knew. So, I mean, it's like there was really nothing that jumps out at me of being like any kind of growth for that character any kind of really anything he just was went along for the ride you know and we had america uh chavez as the girl who could open portals and she felt like just a plot device to open portals like there was nothing i mean until we really started looking at this movie again i forgot she was even in it right and it was like wanda was what you were basing everything off of if you did not see wandavision you'd be like what and if you didn't like wandavision there's no reason for you to like this movie yeah I think a lot of it has to do with the studio assuming that you're, if you're going to see this, you have watched WandaVision, but I, I, I guarantee you that assumption is not 100% true across the board. I'm sure there's some people who went into this and hadn't seen WandaVision that, you know, they maybe don't put watching the shows as important to them as going to see a new movie, a new big fancy Marvel movie in the theaters. Mm-hmm. So there there you're right there is so much of this movie that if you have not watched wandavision you will not understand and it's going to go over your head so that could be seen as like problematic uh just in its own nature like you shouldn't you shouldn't there shouldn't be a film that you it's required to have watched a television show first to understand that just kind of goes against basic i think just like rules for for being a movie i don't know that's maybe that's just my opinion but while we're talking about wandavision here okay I'm just going to lay out some things for me and you're going to tell me if this works. Wanda Vision, she created this town of Westview to deal with her grief of losing vision. On this in this world that she created, she created children for herself. They right. had these children, Billy and Jimmy or Tommy or I I, Tommy. Keep, I keep thinking they're the double dragon twins. It's not Billy, Billy and Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> Billy and Tommy. Uh, yeah, Billy and Tommy. Mm -hmm. That show ended with her having to tear down her world, which then made everything she created disappear, including her children. Correct. So now this movie is saying she's going through and trying to find versions of her children in the multiverse. Mm -hmm. But she created these children. So does that mean that they're not real? So there's no version of them in the multiverse anywhere else because she created them in this version. They didn't exist outside of her magic. So does that mean the Billy and Tommy that she found are created as well, just living? Why, why do those get to live? Are they still created by magic? Because they weren't real. They were never real. Right. So, 
we're going through multiverses. Where, where do those, how do those kids exist in other multiverses? I think they're just trying to say that then Wanda Maximoff in other multiverses has also done, did the Westmont thing too uh-huh. <clears throat> across other universes. And she's looking for the worlds where they do exist. Where she was able to keep the kids that she created. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's then there's obviously there is another world where they exist because she found one, you know, where they're towards the end where she does find them in another world. Um, but I was but trying yeah, to figure out of, if she birthed them and they actually existed or were they just created by magic and she's just playing house. They were created by magic, but she created them. I mean, they kind of made a, a little joke about that in this movie saying, you know, um, where strange was trying to convince her towards being like, they're not real. And she was like, but I made them, but I made them. And he was like through magic. And she said, well, that's what every, how all children are made. You know what uh-huh. I mean? So they kind of tried to make a little like nod to that and be like, well, she knows that they were made by unorthodox means, but they're still to her, her children. Um, so yeah, but interesting. And you know what? I don't know. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, okay, the whole plot of this movie is basing itself around this, the villain wanting to find the children she created with magic that I feel like shouldn't exist in a multiverse. So then it, there's a lot hanging on that. And if that collapsed, like it did in my head, then the whole movie collapses around it. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could look at it a little bit of a logical loophole, but um, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not going to, condemn it for that but i think that once again the sam raimi of it i didn't even think about it it wasn't until after i sat down i didn't didn't even (laughs) thought never occurred to me until do you know off the top of your head how those kids came to be in the comics um they were also created in a similar way i think um and they i mean they were introduced i know in like the young avengers comics because once they get older they become wiccan and speed who like one of them one of them has the powers of wanda similar powers to wanda and one of them has similar powers to their uncle quicksilver uh so they are like members of that i think they were created in that way i think there's something with them being like long lost brothers and they like meet up with each other later in life Mm -hmm. uh they may have taken a few liberties with how they were created on wandavision but uh, it is very similar. I know that for a fact. Okay, um, I was trying to figure out where they were. Yeah, created. it's a similar. It's a similar story, like Wanda's children created by weird means. Um, I don't know, but since we are talking about Wanda, I'm with you. This is basically WandaVision season two on a big screen. Yeah. Um, but part of me doesn't mind because I still find, well, not still. I do find Wanda right now to be the most probably intriguing MCU character to me. Mm-hmm. Um, just her journey feels the most authentic and like earned mm-hmm. just everything she's kind of been through. And we've never seen someone who kind of started as a villain, earned her way into being a hero. She's on the Avengers. She's in the biggest fight. She's in civil war. She's basically one-on-one could have beat Thanos, you know, by herself almost. Mm-hmm. like that powerful then she gets even more powerful in her show but then she gets corrupted by something evil so she goes from like the most powerful hero to now probably like the most powerful villain you know what i mean yeah and when i first saw this movie i kind of thought they did a disservice to her thinking like well it kind of sucks that they're making her like this bad now like she's actually killing people but 
the Scarlet Witch in the comics does that too. Like she's that much of a scary turn it on and off from a hero to a villain too in the books. Like she's Magneto's daughter for crying out loud. Um, She's been on both sides of it. So her being on both sides of it in the movie, the more I thought about it, like doesn't bother me. I'm actually glad they did it. I'm glad they made her because she's powerful enough to like pull it off to be a super crazy, powerful villain. Yeah. I loved them just really going all out and giving us the Scarlet Witch right. and letting her do levels of destruction to the levels that she did. And just, she destroyed everybody. Like nobody stood a chance against her. Like the level of threat that she was, was awesome to see. And I, I didn't mm-hmm. think twice about any of that. Like I really enjoyed that. They gave her that opportunity to be that kind of character. Um, yeah. And do that. I enjoyed that a lot. I like watching her whoop some ass. And Elizabeth Olsen's really good at it. Like she really kind of, she really conveys the emotions really well. And like, I couldn't imagine another actress really being Scarlet Witch right now. That's just who I, when you look that's who I just see like being it. So, you know, great casting. It has been since day one, but you can tell even more now. Uh, She just is the Scarlet Witch. So that's, that was fun. Um, but then on the other side of the coin, like you said, was this too much of her? Was it like, this is Doctor Strange's movie. Should this movie have just been called like The Wizard and the Witch or something? Like it's both their movies. It could have been, it could have easily just been called Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch, you know? Yeah. Um, like I said, I just, I she was the movie. She was the plot. She was the only character that she had sympathy. She was the only thing. I mean, she was the, she was set up to be the villain, but her story was heartfelt like she was the only one that had a story she was the only one that was fighting something that was trying to grow that was trying to change that was doing something and had a goal dr strange was just reacting to what was happening around him yeah and and now i mean we're talking about dr strange i mean that's kind of where i land on that too like he wasn't in it enough in his own movie Mm -hmm. i mean he was a side character in spider-man he was also a side character in Doctor Strange, yeah. uh, which sucks because I, I mean, I like I like Benedict Cumberpatch as um, Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. And I just in his own movie, I feel like you should have enough to do. Uh, he was in a lot of scenes. He, he had some cool segments like, you know, he, he, he kind of seemed a little depowered. I mean, this is another guy who kind of went one-on-one with Thanos and could have took almost took him out and in this movie he's kind of just running scared the entire time from Wanda I know you want to make Wanda like all powerful but I would have liked to see him stand you know stand his ground a little more like at the battle of Kajmerta or whatever it was whatever that palace was called he didn't do anything (laughs) like he just kind of was like retreat um so yeah I don't know I don't know where we're going to see him pop up next or what's happening, but this is just not in his own movie enough, which is a little disappointing. Well, and it, this was a sequel to Dr. Strange, but we didn't talk about Dr. Strange, like the character or that movie. I mean, where was Mordor? Mordor, Jesus. M- Mordo. Mordo. I always do that. I mean, we ended <laughs> Dr. Strange with behind the scenes of him killing uh, Benjamin Bratt. Right stealing powers and him wanting to hunt down and kill Dr. Strange and strange even says it in this movie. My version of Mordo hates me. Mm -hmm. We never saw that. Yeah, I know. It made it sound like they were having adventures. Like we missed Dr. Strange two and three, and now we're picking up on Dr. Strange four here. And we missed his trilogy with uh, Mordo, you know? So 
It's yeah, just, Mordo, Mordo definitely deserved to be the villain of this. I know they wanted to go Wanda because, you know, she's kind of the big thing going on, but like you're you're completely right. Part one set up part two to be a Mordo versus yeah. Strange movie. Which, we'll never get it. You can't no, bring probably, it back now. We, we probably won't. No, he he's in too deep with other shit. So yeah. Yeah, you know you can't you can't walk back to that stage. We we'll never get the sequel, the actual sequel to Doctor Strange. That's true. This it's it's this is like Batman versus Superman. We never got the Man of Steel too. We got Batman versus Superman, and this is we got Wanda versus Doctor Strange. Like it's fine in its own right, but it's not Doctor Strange two. It's not no I what agree. I've been waiting for. I definitely agree with you. But if we're talking about Wanda whooping ass, I guess it's perfect time to talk about the Illuminati. The Illuminati. Um, the the Illuminati. Mean, what? That's yeah. what Strange said one time. I was like, "Come on, dude." Yeah. I know, right? You've never heard the Illuminati. You've been studying mythic art forever, and you've never heard about any version you, of an Illuminati. You've never heard the, oh, he acted like he'd never even heard the word before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, come on. Uh, um, this really seems like what they base this entire movie out of, saying we don't need to do anything else for this movie because everyone's going to talk about this scene, and that's all that's going to matter. And that's what the whole movie felt like. Is like, hey, we're going to give them some shit in this scene, and there's enough for them to talk about, so we don't we don't need to worry about the rest of the movie. Um, Can't argue with that too much. <laughs> yeah. So we knew obviously from the trailers that we were getting some version of Patrick Stewart as Professor oh. X, which was a bummer that we knew that already because the way that the movie set that up was like that was supposed to be the big surprise. Yeah, that was the big last reveal. That yeah. is without knowing that one, that would have been the biggest one. Yeah, I wish um, that's the one they didn't give away. You could have gave me, give me a couple other ones. Give me Black Bolt. You know, mm, I'm yeah. cool with that. You know, like we knew that uh, Captain Carter was going to be in there. We had the uh, Captain Marvel, Maria Rambo, Maria version Rambo's of version Marvel. of Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other big one that they threw out us throughout at us was john krasinski as mr fantastic so we did get that casting at least in this version this multiverse this version of earth has john krasinski yeah. as uh, mr fantastic yeah this is a prime example of not knowing whether it was marvel's idea first or the fans idea first mm -hmm. like it's it's fans it's a fan casting that's been out there for a very long time uh him and emily blunt being the invisible woman his wife sue that's who fans have been lobbying for for a long time and it's been out there rumored blah 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 but it's just a fan rumor you know a fan casting who the fans want and that doesn't always work out and nope. in this case i i guess it did i like either either marvel liked the idea when they heard it or they wanted to do it all along yeah. who knows <laughs> you know who kind of knows where it started um so yeah that was a fun moment uh for on screen i know you look now and that was like leaking out. So I'm glad I avoided that and just got to see it with my own eyes. Yeah. Um, on screen. But yeah, man, that's a fun one. Cause I mean, John Krasinski's cool. I got no problem with him. He, he has the look when he's all bearded up, looks like a good uh, Reed Richards. And it just makes you wonder though, was this now just for this movie? Mm -hmm. Because that was a earth eight, three, eight, read so when the fantastic four finally does come to you know the 616 earth um is it still going to be john krasinski or is this just like a one and done fan service 
now we're going to get back to the real casting you know that was just kind of like a fan thing for this movie um we don't know that answer to that question yet nope. so i guess i guess we'll still kind of kind of wait and see until they do do some fantastic forecast announcements i can't well yeah and it, it's weird because i can't imagine them changing and do casting another mr fantastic but at yeah. the same time the fact that they didn't i figured that within like a week of this movie being out we would get that casting like i feel like they would have had all four of those main characters cast and ready to go with the press releases so as soon as mm -hmm. this movie came out like the next monday they would be like hey here's here's the new fantastic four and it would show all four of them the fact that they did not put that out has me going hmm Right. I wonder if this was fan casting just because I felt like that would have been why leave that as a question mark out there unless the right. answer is we're going to cast somebody else. Yeah, because the because it didn't come out with a press release immediately like the MCU finally has their Reed Richards. Can't wait to see him in the new Fantastic Four movie at the yep. end of 2023. None of that info has come out. So it's a 50. It's a coin flip right now as to whether he is your, you know, Reed Richards or it was just a one and done wink wink we made everybody happy for this little cameo uh, so i'm interested to kind of see where they're going to go with that absolutely and you know it's something we've talked about here many times and i was super excited i mean it blew my mind to see it and see as much as we did and i was uh super excited to see it but then the more he was on screen the more i was like i don't know if i like this like something <laughs> about it just seemed weird and yeah. I don't know if it's just I wasn't expecting it and it caught me off guard or what it was, but something by the end, I was just like, I don't know if I liked that. And of course, cast him in the movie. I'm there and I'm sure he's going to do fine. But something about it, he just seemed out of place to me for some reason. And I don't know why I have to see well, it again to, to try to understand that. I mean, to me, it's pretty simple. It's, it's still it's still because when I look at his face, all I see is Jim. Yeah, <laughs> like like he's been in other stuff clearly like i think that jack reacher show and and uh quiet place movies but still when i just look at his face all i still see is jim so <laughs> i like him as an actor but yeah that, that kind of i can see that it kind of plays into it i i mean i'm sure he'd do a fine job in that movie um if he was at the end of the day cast as 616 reed but yeah, yeah i get you a, a little just a little odd just a little off, but now that was the '90s cartoon version of Professor X, right? Oh yeah, that was a hundred percent. There's just that was the cartoon version. I mean, he had the suit, he had the chair. They played the music, right? Like, which I, Danny Elfman doing superhero movies is amazing. So, oh I yeah, we, we can't we can't not say enough about that soundtrack. Like the Danny soundtrack, Elfman. the score and stuff kept me. Like I said, technically, this movie was awesome. This movie oh, yeah, was so sure. awesome technically and it was so fun to watch and if it wasn't an mcu movie it would be amazing the fact that it's mcu and it's a part of a phase four that i don't understand is <laughs> yeah. its problem you know it's trying to do too much and we'll talk about that here in a minute but music was awesome but back to professor x but i mean even the way they did his power and you could see the uh, waves going out of his head and stuff that was just all super cool yeah that was, that was cool. the best part of the movie they played the little 90s theme there you heard which was mm -hmm. great and um just two things mostly pop out to me seeing professor x one great to see patrick stewart like just when you think he's done his last appearance as professor x he like busts another one out 
<laughs> when you think the guy's retired, like after Logan, you're like, he's never going to do that again. There's no need to. He's not going to ever do this again. Oh, they got him back for another one. He signed on to do it. He loves doing this shit. It's great. Yeah. But like he's when they first showed his face up close, I was like, oh, he's starting to look a little old. Like <laughs> He's starting to look a little old now, uh, which is fine. Aging happens. It's a thing. Yeah. But uh, the other thing that caught my eye was like you just mentioned in the yellow floating wheelchair from the animated series. Now, how many times as kids were we just like, that would be so cool to see that like in a movie and they finally did it. And when they did it and it came around the corner, I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> like, that's what it looks like. It looks kind of clunky and too big and cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but good and bad, like you, you love to see it, but at the same time, it's like, it just looks weird. It looks funny to me. Yeah. Um, like John Krasinski in the MCU. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how'd you feel about the Illuminati getting shredded by uh, some literally shredded by uh, Wanda? Yeah. I saw people comparing it to saying like, this is basically the MCU suicide squad, like James Gunn's <laughs> suicide squad, where it's a bunch of heroes. You think you're going to live and do a bunch of stuff. And then they just die crazy ways. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, Anson Mount returning as Black Bolt, like kind of getting redemption from the Inhuman show, which was a, you know, dumpster fire people thought and canceled after one year. It's nice to see him come in, but uh, he was the first one gone. But Wanda killed him in an awesome way. Yeah. Uh, Like (laughs) blew up his, made his own scream, blow his brain up because he didn't have a mouth to release it. Like that's, that's pretty dope. Yeah. that uh, That was honestly probably the best one. That was the best one. I did like seeing that the two who lasted the longest, I mean, it sucked to see Reed die. You would have liked to see Mr. Fantastic do a few things, but then the two that lasted the longest were Captain Carter and their version of Captain Marvel. Um, And it was nice to see them have a little fight, like a little extended fight with Wanda. It's like, man, the MCU, some strong women actually going at it. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, a lot of fans have been clamoring to see Haley Atwell as a live action version of captain carter ever since what if yeah so it was kind of cool to see her in action a little bit that'll probably be like the only thing we get oh. from her i mean um i don't expect to see her again in live action i'm sure that character will be back for what if season two but as for live action so it was nice to see that once yep. um and and the, the captain marvel stuff was cool too so a nice little fight scene there but you know wanda took them out as well in brutal ways and yeah she's just a she's a stone cold killer but do you think like Brie Larson is bummed that Captain Marvel was taken out by a statue falling on her? <laughs> because Brie uh, Larson has gone on record in interviews. I watched a bunch of videos and they had all these intercut videos of her talking about Captain Marvel being the strongest Avenger and, you know, can destroy everybody. And then Wanda jumps a statue on this version of it. And that's it. Well, maybe one day she'll get a chance for her Captain Marvel to try to take on Wanda. Cause Wanda to me is a little stronger than Captain Marvel. Yeah. If we wanted to get into fan fights here, but uh, yeah, she can be mad. Yeah. It's all good. It's a fictional character. It'll be all right. Yeah, man. The Illuminati was cool though. I liked, I liked it. Like you said, it was the most hyped part of this movie. Kind of what everybody wanted to see who's sitting in the chairs. Who's it finally yep. going to be? Uh, they had to make a few changes from the comic books. I mean, in the comics, um, some of the members of the Illuminati are like Iron Man. And I know one of there was a rumor that there was going to be a Tom Cruise alternate version of Iron Man. That never happened. That would have um, been so weird. That would have been weird. So I'm kind of they kind of sidestepped that. So I'm kind of glad we didn't have to talk about that. But uh, also in the comics, you have Namor, 
the Submariner is a member and Black Panther is usually a member. They kind of had to avoid that just because Namor is going to be in Wakanda forever. So I I think they kind of wanted to keep that for that. And, you know, all the stuff with Black Panther, that movie, they just kind of wanted to not do that. Um, But yeah, man, Illuminati is really cool in the comics. I liked I liked what they kind of did here. It was just it was a fun part of the movie. You can't deny it. Absolutely. And speaking of that fight, fight and the violence on this movie this week or the week after it came out a lot of huge debate about the rating for this movie and how it shouldn't have been pg-13 it should have been r how do you feel about that any thoughts i didn't see anything that was necessarily necessitating an r rating to me i mean there was some like some horror style quote-unquote gore not blood but it's like some scary stuff is that how you're going to get your r rating i mean the things that pop out to my head are like the octopus fight towards the beginning okay he popped his eyeball out or mm-hmm. like doc the, the, the one evil doctor strange fell out of the building and landed on some spikes and like it went through his body and and it was there and and there's some other things i guess i'm kind of forgetting but the black bolt one was pretty graphic yeah but I mean, I've seen PG-13 movies do things that are a lot worse. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't, an R rating to me is like excessive blood, language, violence. That This didn't garner that for me. Now, this is maybe not for young children who are, parent. their parents are used to taking them to see fun family uh, MCU movies. There might be a better warning for them. Um, Like a a PG-13 rating that says... 13 and up exactly so when you bring your seven-year-old to go see this movie you may be expect you may you shouldn't be surprised when you see some things that maybe aren't suitable for them um so no i didn't have a big problem with the rating i thought it was fine where it's rated um i mean venom's pg-13 and he's eating people and stuff so i mean it is what it is i didn't really read too much into all that noise what about you oh no i'm a 40 year old male with no kids i don't give a shit about the rating (laughs) right it's it's just yeah it is what it is i enjoyed it for what it was i didn't i i have zero opinion on what it should be rated i don't i don't look at ratings anymore so unless it's something shocking if it would have been rated r i would have been like oh shit but then my expectations for what craziness we're gonna see would have elevated and i would have been disappointed so i'm glad they stuck with the pg-13 rating yeah i mean deadpool's rated r but that's because he's shouting fuck and shooting people and blood splatter everywhere like this didn't have all of that yeah peacemaker was r you know suicide squad but they had those levels of language and violence descriptions of things and violence and stuff that they're doing so it makes sense this didn't have anything close to any of that so no that's what i think of as an r-rated not what we got yeah it has cartoony violence yes it had some unsettling scenes and some craziness that happened, some visuals that were crazy and a little uncomfortable, but I don't know if that warrants a rating, but it just depends on who you are. We agree. We are in agreement there. Now we have, we had two post credit scene, one, which was the best, almost the best with a uh, good old pizza Papa. <laughs> uh, Bruce Campbell gets to stop, which I called. I knew that was, it was through the credits. And I was like, I bet you this credit scene is Bruce Campbell punching himself. Um, which I enjoyed. I love me. Didn't they have, didn't they have a scene in evil dead Two where Bruce Campbell was doing the same thing, like punching himself 
Is that kind of the joke of it? Yeah, yeah. In Army of Darkness, he was. Yeah. I won both of those. Yeah, he was fighting himself when he got possessed, and I kept waiting for him to do the old eye thing, poke yourself in the eyes, because they did that in Army of Darkness, and I kept waiting for him to try to poke himself in the eyes and then block it with his arm, with his hand. Um, yeah, but they didn't. They didn't go that route. They didn't want to go that on the nose. But yeah, that was that. So that was fun. I enjoyed Pizza Papa. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, so that was fun, but. The bigger mid credit scene we got was uh, the introduction of Charlie's Theron as Clea. Mm-hmm. Well, no, wait. We got to walk it back to the end of this movie with Doctor Strange getting a third eyeball. Yeah, he, now he added that to his repertoire of magic. I guess it's just kind of a thing where the Darkhold, when he finally took it, um, control of the Darkhold, because that was the only way he could defeat Wanda, uh, was to kind of like integrate the dark magic into himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was able to get rid of it. But I guess here at the end of the movie, we found out that it's still with him in some capacity because he still has the third eye that the dark hole made to his head for some reason, even though it didn't do it to Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that continues to stay with him. Um, but was it weird? the way that they did it because like you at the end of the movie he starts screaming and then this eye opens up and the movie ends and you're like oh shit that's what's going on and then they literally gave you two minutes of credits and then they go in that and they just have him once again walking down the exact same street where we just saw him screaming and he's just like doop do 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 and then clea jumps out and she's just like we gotta go dr strange are you ready and he just opens up that third eye like i got this and i'm like wait he was screaming like yeah. two seconds ago. There's some kind of gap in there where some time must have passed where he's learned just yeah. to continue living his life with this third eye and not scream in pain when it happens anymore. But they uh, left it, but they left it like it was a cliffhanger. And I then know, they completely they ignored it. You're like, wait, he's okay <clears throat> yeah, with it now? That's some kind of weird editing gap, I think, yeah. that was just kind of done weirdly. Yeah. Uh, it was it was funny to me when Clea just popped out, like it was kind of a Doc Brown to Marty situation. Like, <laughs> Marty, we got to go back. You did something wrong. We messed up the future real bad. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah, but she's like, you caused a multidimensional multiverse An incursion, incursion, that we, incursion Yeah, that we need to go fix. It's like, I'm ready. And the third eye comes out. Um, this is just another case of like, you know, getting Marvel wants to show off. Hey, we signed another big Hollywood actor to be in the, in one of these franchises. The same kind of way they brought out Harry Styles at the end of the Eternals. Like, hey, I'm I'm this guy. And she's like, hey, I'm this. I'm Clea. I'm I'm a sorcerer too. Doctor Strange love interest in the future. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of there for setting up his next adventure. I guess. Who knows? Because, you know, we didn't get. Mordo in this one, so she might yeah, not maybe, even make maybe it. We'll never, maybe Strange. we'll never see Clea again. Who knows? <laughs> it'll happen off screen, and then we'll we'll be back for Doctor Strange three, and it'll be feel like a whole nother trilogy happened. Yeah, he'll come back. He'll be super old, and he'll be like, "Oh, Clea, remember these adventures we went on? <laughs> My love." Um, what's going on with the Phase Four, man? Yeah, we've had some private conversations about this, but we're going to talk about them here a little bit. So we can maybe try to help each other through it and understand what's happening. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know what's going on with phase four. Things seem, I don't want to use the word directionless because I've, I said that at first, but that can't be true. It, it, there has to be something, but yeah. it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to 
follow where they're going right now. And we've talked about this a little bit last episode, if you listened to it and if you did, thank you. But um, we kind of, me and you assumed that phase four was kind of going in a multiverse direction Mm -hmm. and it is, but the multiverse direction has not been connected at this point through three multiverse projects. Mm -hmm. We had Loki with Kang and that kind of seemed like it kicked everything off. Like, Oh boy, here we go. Now everything is going to have to do with this and it's all going to come back to Kang. He's the big guy behind everything. And, and Sylvie set this all in motion and she ruined everything. And this is going to mess up Spider-Man and Dr. Strange is going to be dealing with what, sylvie did and what loki did and and he's going to be worried about what kang is doing next none of that's happening that's not happening no they're like spider-man was its own multiverse problem and then this movie had a no a whole different third multiverse issue they talked about the spider-man thing for a second in this movie just as kind of like fan talk Mm -hmm. like dr strange didn't bring up all the shit that happened with Spider-Man in this movie, he, he just dealt with a multiverse problem. You don't think he'd be talking about that more with what's going on? Like, ooh, this is similar to other, you know, I've seen this before, just recently, actually. I just dealt with something like this. But they, but they had, like, at the end of <clears throat> Spider-Man, they made it seem like that would, they were like, there were going to be repercussions from what happened. And there weren't. Like, in this movie, the multiverse had to do with America. It didn't have anything to do with the Spider-Man spell. It didn't have anything to do with what Doctor Strange did in that movie. It had nothing to do with Spider-Man. So yeah, mm-hmm. he he's understand like, oh yeah, we've had some experience with multiverse. But it had nothing to do with this movie. Yeah. It didn't. So <clears throat> and it's not just limited to those three films either. No. Uh we, we talked about how phase four is just felt felt very separate up to this point. Um, I mean, Wong. Wong was in Shang-Chi and had a nice little chat with um, Shang-Chi and uh, Aquafina. I can't think of her character name, but uh, they had a nice little chat about the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice in Wong's next appearance, maybe to just hear him, maybe mention it, like working on that too on the side. You know what I mean? Uh, just kind of keep that connection thing going because that's kind of what we've all come to expect from these movies and what we like so much about them is the connect connection and the connectivity and i'm not saying it's not gonna you know improve or get better they're just moving at like a you know a slow burn right now to get places but it's a really slow burn right now um i i i don't want to say that these movies are losing steam ever since endgame but in a way maybe they are uh and that's okay they're just maybe rebuilding to something and like starting very slow but just something something feels different a little different about the connectivity part of the i still enjoy all these movies but just not as invested in um about the connected universe as i was before they're making it very easy to go do i need to watch this one yeah like you know especially leading up towards which of course it's 20 something movies so it is somewhat unfair to argue or to compare but at the same time end game was an end and you're starting over but you're still also starting over with very similar threads so then you Mm -hmm. have to build and you have expectations and you have a lot so you can't go all the way back to the beginning and be like all right we're gonna start over go you know and 
let's do it again. Right. And it doesn't work that way because you've already built it and you've set it up and now you have all these characters and you're reintroducing, which is awesome, but then you're not tying it together. And once again, you have three multiverse projects. Why didn't you connect any of those? I thought the multiverse of madness was going to be the one that kicked it off and really mm -hmm. like let us know where we were going. And we didn't get that. We just got a continuation of WandaVision. Yeah. And now if you look forward on the schedule, the next one that seems like it could be dealing with similar themes is all the way <clears throat> until Ant-Man. You know, we got that long to go, the Quantumania movie, which is the next one where we're guaranteed to see Kang. And that might be the next time we do see Kang. I thought we would have seen him again by now. Yeah. To be honest, and not even just not even Kang, but like a Kang variant. Yeah. Just to remind you guys, like, oh, he's everywhere. There's variants of this guy all throughout. I thought in one of these projects we might have seen him. Um, so that's just my own expectations again, getting the better of me and disappointment that I'm making in my own brain of what yeah. I want to have happen. Um yeah, because we know Thor comes out in July, but that's not gonna have anything to do with any of this. That's going to be its own thing. I'm trying to think if there's another one between that and Ant-Man. There's, there's, there's Black Panther in November. That's this year? Yes. God, yeah, we have, we have no idea what that movie's going to be. So no, that, nobody that, that it's not going to have anything to do with the multiverse. No, a lot. Of, I think people, Namor is supposed to be the villain there, at least rumored to be. Um, but we don't even know who the hero is of that movie. Uh, if it's just like Wakanda as a nation versus Namor's underwater, I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but um, yeah, we don't know what we're getting out of that movie. So the next place we might see something quote unquote multiversal is Ant-Man. And I just thought it'd be maybe feel more important right now. Um, yeah, because <clears throat> yeah, right so, now with the multiverse of madness being over and the way that they ended this movie. I don't see. A reason for the multiverse to come back. Not anytime soon. I mean, or a reason for it. like, yeah, America, it can create portals to the multiverse and that's fine, but I don't see like a plot reason outside of now coming back around to Loki, but you haven't moved that forward. Right. And I mean, but that's just what we, we know we got to get more King and he's multiverse based. Yeah. And so that might be the next place it pops up. My point is just, I thought we were going to get it by oh, now. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, I've read some uh, some speculation online that people think we're building towards Secret Wars, yeah, which is a you know comic event that's had a few different iterations, but people think we're building to that. In that comic, it was basically a Reed Richards versus Doctor Doom story. Um, people are thinking Kang is going to kind of take the place of Doctor Doom and be the big bad of that, but I can't say any of that for sure because I haven't really seen the signs of it coming. Yeah. So um, these are all just theories and working things, but just with my human eye my fans eye watching i don't know what we're getting toward this not definitely not what i thought it was going to be you know i don't know yeah i'm still having fun though i'm still having yeah. fun and well and we'll find out now just a quick couple like uh rapid fire questions here what do you think of zombie uh zombie strange eh, it's fine is interesting like that's just more sam raimi being sam raimi yeah. like especially when he's like talking through his little side mouth it's like he loves doing shit like this yeah and what about like okay i did not like i'm assuming wanda's not dead oh no definitely not um you saw the puff of red before they left i hated the fact that they were ending this movie with like i hate when they want to make like the hero commit suicide and sacrifice themselves 
mm-hmm. for i just i don't know for me it just seems lazy and i just don't like that storyline it happens in any movie they did it they do it in all kinds of movies all the time where the hero has to sacrifice themselves and in situations that i don't think they need to always do it it's one thing if you're like you know bruce willis and armageddon you know that's what i was just gonna say (laughs) you know it's like that that was done really perfect that's probably like one of the only ones but then you get random ones like the quiet place that we talked about a couple episodes ago and I just hated the way they did that in the first one of those. So it's just one of those things. And this one just kind of echoed that. I was like, I do not like that at all. Like you built up somebody, all this and now she's just going to allow herself to be destroyed. Like, yeah. Somebody just saying like, I have to make it right. And the only thing that will make it right is my life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems lazy to me. Like we yeah, don't know how to get rid of her. No one can beat her. So we're just going to have her beat herself. Yeah. I, I follow you. Um, but I didn't know what you thought about the, the ending of this ending of the movie. Uh, it was it was fine kind of wrapped up easily i'm with you um a little cop out to beat the dark hold and get rid of wanda like you said if no one can beat her she'll beat herself but i'm pretty confident we'll see her in something else there's rumors of her having a solo movie even though this was a solo movie of hers almost yep. <laughs> already um but i'm sure she's gonna pop up places um probably will never be a member of the avengers again after everything she's done she's always going to kind of be one of these that kind of rides the middle i think yeah there's no there's no good or evil to her she's just kind of there doing things uh and suffering all she seems to do is suffer yeah but uh (laughs) yeah she's very emo but um i don't know man overall overall thoughts everything everything all at the end of the day where do you rank this movie? What do you think of this movie? Is it top, middle, bottom? And like, just did you enjoy it in general? What am I comparing it to? Like the entire MCU phase four? Like, yeah, I'm not asking you to like, give me a, oh, it's, it's number, you know, 15 out of 30, but just like kind of, is it a top tier, middle tier, bottom tier? Kind of where does it fall for you? And just did you enjoy it? I would throw it in the middle. It was fine. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. But as I said in the beginning, technically, um, I enjoyed the Sam Raimi of it. I had fun watching it. It was when I stepped back and tried to do this. And once again, it could be my expectations of what I want the phase four to be, what it answers, what I what my expectations are. Watching it again at some point, maybe I'll go, oh, OK, I see what they're doing. And, you know, obviously when we get big picture, it might change. But yeah, right now, just watching this, it was fine. I, I would just throw it in the middle. It's uh, my opinion, just kind of forgettable. It's there. I really haven't thought about it since I watched it again. Um, the Illuminati scene was was cool, and I felt like that was what they were banking everyone talking about. Um, so the rest of the movie didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have some very similar thoughts. Again, we've been very similar lately in our thoughts of things. Uh, we haven't had a good old argument in a while. Not that we have arguments, but um, I feel the same. It was an enjoyable but forgettable movie honestly and i kind of just put it i i'm the same way i put it in the middle i honestly maybe liked dr strange one better i did um, i 100 so, did yeah um, dr um, strange one was a, an outstanding movie it was one of the top mcu yeah. movies so far especially from an origin standpoint like their first movie like it was a complete introduction it wasn't long because that one was just two hours as well they did so much the first doctor strange was awesome and i think that's what hurts this one more because there was so much i wanted to see in a doctor strange 2 and we didn't get it and then i thought we were gonna get the multiverse stuff and we didn't really get the multiverse that i wanted to see so yeah. i think that's just what hurts this movie the most yeah and i, I agree and uh, it, 
not to like shit on Sam Raimi because I think he's a good director, but he's not to me it kind of like when his name got attached to this movie people were just like oh sam raimi do you know he directed spider-man do you know he he's the guy the evil dead guy i like sam raimi but he's not like a blow me away he's a guy who just makes fun movies but i don't like say dude he's a he's a masterful genius of filmmaking he's just makes kind of fun fun different weird spooky horror style tinged movies and that's yep. what this was it's a sam raimi movie dude that's what this is um i'm sure they were excited to work with them and it worked and it worked for what it was just was not my favorite of the mcu and it's not a bad movie in any means i did enjoy it um if sam raimi was to come on and direct a doctor strange 3 i'd go see it but um you know that's just kind of how i feel good but forgettable uh, maybe my own expectations did me in again. I thought it'd be it something different and something more, but taking it for what it is, I still liked it. And to wrap us up, what movie from phase four would be the, is going to be the first one you watch a second time. Have I, I've already watched Shang-Chi twice. Did you? Shang-Chi twice. Yeah. Well, okay. my wife had, my wife didn't go to the theaters to see it with me the first time. So then when it hit Disney plus, I was like, let's watch it. So. I already got one. And I guess I do too, because I went and saw Shang-Chi in theaters twice. You coming up with questions that I already have. So it's a bad question. <laughs> I, I forgot I watched that one twice. Yeah. I was just curious because I, I wanted to watch them all when they hit Disney Plus and I watched none of them on Disney Plus. So yeah, Shang-Chi I did. That's, that's a good one. I, I mean, I, that might be one of my favorite ones, but... I liked the Eternals a lot too. I did too. That's just, just a long movie, so I haven't gotten back to it yet. Hundred yeah, um, percent. Same reason I haven't watched yeah. the Batman. <laughs> exactly. But I think we've had enough today. You had enough? You got it all out? You feel better? Yeah, man. I got it all off my chest. Nice session. Nice session. Always, always, always is here at Raise the Geek. So definitely make sure you like, subscribe, and follow so you do not miss another episode and you can hear more as the phase four of the MCU continues. So hit us up. We're always looking for people over on Twitter and to join the conversation Raise the Geek. But I think that's going to do it for us this week. So for Raise the Geek, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for checking out the show. Where geek is all we speak. <laughs>